0: A special thank you to Loretta, to Esperanza for reading our scripture today. Gracias Esperanza, Loretta, por haber leído la Palabra de Dios. I'm so very grateful for that ministry that the people of God are doing every week, reading our scriptures. So, uh, great to be with you this morning. I don't think I have to work very hard to convince you that we are living right now in a very tense time. Estamos viviendo en un tiempo de de mucho estrés. Living in a time of division, great division, where it seems increasingly uh, we are being pushed by our society to the extremes. In other words, we're being pushed to engage in what I would call either or thinking. La sociedad nos obliga a ir hacia los extremos. I think you know what I mean. Either you are a Democrat or you are a Republican. ¿Eres demócrata o republicano? Either you're on the left or you're on the right. O estás en la izquierda o en la derecha. Either you are for kneeling or you are for standing. Quieres arrodillarte o ponerte de pie. Either uh, you are against law enforcement or you are for law enforcement. ¿Estás en pro de la policía o en contra de la policía? Uh, either you are for making America great or you're not. ¿Estás a favor de Estados Unidos o oh, no? It's either or thinking. And many of the political issues, especially in our day and age, are cast in that way. You're either on one side or you're on another, and it seems like everything is political. Los asuntos políticos te llevan a los extremos y todo es político. Everything's getting political these days sports, education, entertainment, even diseases, forest fires. It's all political. Las enfermedades, los deportes, hasta los incendios de bosques. Es político. And so we're feeling the stress of those times. We're we're feeling the stress that division causes. Sentimos el estrés de la división. And division, in a way, says, either you are for me or you're against me. O estás en pro de mí o en contra de mí, dice la división. But what if, what if there were someone who came along and basically said to you and me, I'm for you. I am for you no matter what. Que si alguien nos dijera, estoy a favor de ti, venga lo que venga. I'm for you no matter what your past, no matter what your failures have been. I'm for you no matter what your opinions are. I'm for you no matter what your income level or education level might be or your racial or ethnic background. I'm just for you. Que si dijera, estoy en pro de ti, Uh, no importa tus ingresos, tu tu educación, tu grupo étnico, tu pasado, tus fallas. what if that person didn't just say, I'm for you? What if that person didn't just say it to get your vote once every three or four years? What if that person actually lived that? Que si esa persona viviera así, no solo dijera eso. What if that person were constantly giving? And sacrificing for you, and and helping you, and healing you, and loving you. And ultimately, what if that person were to die for you? Que si esa persona te sacrificara su vida hasta morir por ti. And what if that person died not only for you, but for everyone in your life. Everyone you love and everyone you you hate, so that finally everything in the world could be fixed. And people could be brought together in peace, and harmony, in love, in unity. What if that were to happen? ¿Qué si esta persona por las personas que odias y que amas para traer divis- de división, armonía y unidad en el mundo. What would you call that if a person did that? Que se llamaría eso? Well, the Bible has a name for it. The Bible calls it the gospel. Good news. Son buenas noticias en el Evangelio. What is the Gospel? ¿Qué es el Evangelio? Now there are many summaries in the Bible of what the Gospel, the Good News is all about. You can find them throughout the New Testament. En el Nuevo Testamento hay muchos resúmenes sobre que es el Evangelio. But I think one of the better summaries of the Gospel, the Good News, is found in the text that we've read today from 2 Corinthians 5 verse 19. Un buen resúmen está en el versículo 19. It says this, this is the Good News. Las buenas noticias, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Que en Cristo Dios estaba reconciliando al mundo consigo, no tomándole en cuenta sus pecados. What's the good news? The good news is that God has sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world, into the mess that we are in to overcome the division in our world, the division that is separating us. Dios envió su Hijo, Jesús, para superar la división. And, And how does Jesus overcome the division? ¿Cómo supera esa división? By not counting people's sins against them. No tomando en cuenta los pecados del mundo. But how can that be done? How could God not count my sin, our sin against us. Como que Dios no toma en cuenta nuestro pecado. It's our sin, after all, human sin and rebellion that is to blame for what is going on in our world. It is our sin that's to blame for everything, for, for the suffering and the diseases, the wars, the violence, the hatred, for death. Sin is behind all of that. ¿Cómo que Dios no en well, in verse 21 here, the Bible tells us how God can do this. It says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God dice Al que no cometió pecado alguno, por nosotros Dios lo trató como pecador, para que en él recibiéramos la justicia de Dios. In other words, God put upon Jesus all of our blame. All of the things that were wrong with us and were wrong with our world were placed upon him. Dios puso en Jesús toda la culpa nuestra. That was given to Jesus on the cross. So that the rightness of Jesus, the righteousness of Jesus could be put on us, and we could be accepted by God. Así para que la justicia de Dios se pusiera sobre nosotros y fuéramos aceptados de Dios. Now that's good news, isn't it? The good news here is that through Jesus, God doesn't take our sin into account, He accepts us and accepts us and we're reconciled with Him. Somos reconciliados con Dios por medio de Jesús. It's it's like we've started life all over again. It, it's like becoming a new person. It's like entering into a whole new world, a whole new reality, a whole new creation. It's como si fuéramos nuevas personas en un nuevo mundo, una nueva creación. In fact, that's what it says in Second Corinthians five verse seventeen. If anyone is in Christ, if the righteousness of Christ is on you. If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation, a new person, the old, that's gone, it's passed away, and the new has come. Si alguno está en Cristo, es una nueva creación. Lo viejo ha pasado, ya ha llegado. Lo nuevo. So this is the good news. We are reconciled in that vertical relationship with God. Somos reconciliados en la relación vertical con Dios but that's not all of the Gospel. Yes, that's the Gospel, but that's not all of the Gospel. No es todo lo que es el Evangelio. Because you see, the other dimension of the Gospel is that not only are we reconciled with God vertically, we can be reconciled horizontally. We can be reconciled with one another. Podemos ser reconciliados horizontalmente unos con otros. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians 5 verse 15. It says, He, Christ, died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for Him who died and rose for them. El Cristo murió por todos para que los que viven ya no vivan para sí, sino para Él. And then it says, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Así que de ahora en adelante no consideramos a nadie según criterios meramente humanos. So if we're in Christ, Christ has died for us so that we no longer are living for ourselves. It's not about me anymore. Cristo murió para que no vivamos para nosotros mismos. Instead, this says that I have the opportunity to live in a way that I am looking at other people from a different perspective. We no longer have to see people from a worldly Point of In other words, people around me, because I am in Christ, people around me are no longer obstacles. They're no longer to be considered as problems or jerks or enemies or any of that. In Christ, I have a different perspective. La gente ya no es obstáculo, problema, o hasta enemigo. Tengo otra perspectiva. And Jesus has changed my view of people because I also have changed my view of him. I don't see Jesus in the same way either. Ya veo a Jesús de otra forma. No de una forma mundana. Not from a worldly point of view. And so what does all this mean? Verse 18 says it means that God has reconciled us to give us the ministry of reconciliation. Dios nos ha reconciliado para darnos el ministerio de la reconciliación. In other words, I have a new relationship with God and I have a new relationship with other people. And so Jesus is my king. That's the view I have. And I am his representative in this world. I am like a representative from a foreign country and I'm coming with a message from my king that you can be right with God and you can be right with other people through Jesus. I am now an ambassador. That's who I am. Yo vengo como de otro país como embajador para transmitir un mensaje de la reconciliación. And that's what it says here. It says God has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Él nos encargó el mensaje de la reconciliación. And so it says, uh, we are therefore ambassadors. We are Christ's ambassadors, as if God were making his appeal through us. Somos embajadores de Cristo, como si Dios los exhortara a ustedes. So this is the good news. This, This is what we believe. And everything has changed. Our relationship with God has changed. Our relationship with each other has changed. Now, we need to understand something important about the gospel. I can comprender algo importante aquí. Uh, Bible scholar James Denny, over 100 years ago, talked about this. He said, we need to be clear. The gospel is not good advice. It's not good advice telling us what we have to do to fix what's wrong with God and us and what's wrong with the world. The gospel's not good advice. No es un buen consejo para para decirnos cómo arreglar las cosas con Dios y el mundo. The gospel's not good advice. The gospel is good news. It's telling us how God has already acted to fix this. God has already repaired the relationship between us and Him and ourselves and other people. We need to understand that. Son buenas noticias porque ya, Dios ya ha arreglado la relación con él y con los demás. Now, how do we live this out then? That's the question. How then do we respond to the Gospel in our everyday lives? ¿Cómo responder al Evangelio? In another of Paul's letters in Galatians chapter 5 verse 1, Paul says something that I think is really key. He says, it is for freedom Christ has set us free. It is for freedom Christ has set us free. Cristo nos libertó para que vivamos en libertad. And so he says, stand firm. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Manténganse firmes y no se sometan nuevamente al yugo de esclavitud. What's this talking about? Well, in both Galatians and in 2 Corinthians, the text we read from earlier, Paul here is writing to Christians who are going through a situation where they have been tempted to fall back from the gospel. They've been tempted to turn the good news into good advice. Los Galatas y los Corintios han sido tentados a hacer de las buenas noticias buen consejo. Why is that? Well, false teachers have crept into the church and these false teachers are twisting the message of reconciliation. They are saying, here's what you need to do. Oh yeah, it's great that you have Jesus and all, but you not only need Jesus, if you are going to be right with God, you must Be circumcised. You must go through this Jewish ritual of the cutting of your skin. Para ser recto con Dios, no hay que tener solo Jesús, sino la circuncisión. If you don't have that, you don't have a reconciled relationship with God. And not only that, these false teachers are saying, you know, those people that aren't circumcised over there, let us give you some good advice. Stay away from them. Stay, stay away from uncircumcised believers in the church because they're not in a good place. Hay que apartarse de los creyentes no circuncidados en la iglesia porque no son buenos. And so what did these false teachers do? They set up their message into either or thinking. Es de los either you are circumcised and part of the true believers or you're not circumcised. And, and that's how you need to know that you are right with God. Oh, eres circuncidado o oh, no. But Paul says, wait a minute. That's slavery. You're falling into either or thinking. Eso es esclavitud. And so what Paul does here is he looks at circumcision. And he says, this is a gospel issue. This is an issue where if we get this wrong, we mess up the good news. Si no hacemos esto bien, vamos a torcer el, el Evangelio, las buenas noticias. And so in Galatians chapter 6, verse 15, Paul says this. Here's the deal. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is being a new creation in Christ. Ni la circuncisión, ni la incircuncisión importa, lo que importa es ser una nueva creación en Cristo. It's really about your connection with Jesus. It's the good news. And so, that is what we need to understand, this perspective that Paul brings into this. He wanted the Corinthians and the Galatians to look at issues in the church, not from that either-or perspective. But from a gospel perspective, Pablo quería que tuvieran una perspectiva del evangelio, and I believe that's what God wants for us in our day and age as well. Eso es lo que Dios quiere para nosotros también. I said it before; uh, we are in this time where I believe that we have incredible pressure being put on us right now to fall back into slavery. Hay presión para caer en la esclavitud. How do I mean that? Well, I believe that we are under pressure to look at everything from a political perspective. And what is a political perspective? It's about a worldly, a human point of view. Hay la tensación de ver las cosas de forma política. It is to buy into what is needed to fix this world through a political lens, political slogans, political talking points, political arguments. Es, es mirar el mundo según lemas políticos, debates y argumentos políticos. But you see, the gospel has a different perspective. El Evangelio tiene otra perspectiva. In fact, in Ephesians 6, the Bible tells us, our struggle in this world is not against flesh and blood. Nuestra lucha no está en contra de carne ni sangre. In other words, our enemy is not that other person. It's not the other people around us with their different perspectives that are on the other extreme. El enemigo no son las otras personas. What is our enemy? Our enemy is sin, which separates us from God and each other. Our enemy is uh, the devil who wants to destroy the work of God and the world. El enemigo es el pecado, el diablo, el infierno. We have the challenge to no longer see things from a worldly point of view. What's needed to overcome the division of our world, I believe, is a gospel perspective. We need to respond in that way. And when we respond to things in our world, very real issues with a gospel perspective, here's what I think can happen. We can experience freedom. The freedom of knowing that we are reconciled with God and the freedom that that we know we can be reconciled with others. And in that freedom, we can love and live in a different way. Cuando tenemos la perspectiva del Evangelio podemos experimentar la libertad de estar reconciliados con Dios y unos con otros para vivir de forma diferente. So it's with all this in mind that today we want to begin a new series of messages called, It's a Gospel Issue. That's the name of the series. Estamos comenzando una serie. es un asunto del evangelio. And over the next few weeks, uh, we're gonna do something a bit new and bold. We're gonna be looking at four issues in our day and age that are controversial. Four issues of debate that would tend to divide people. Vamos a estar mirando cuatro temas de debate hoy en día. Now, These issues are ones that you've probably heard before. We'll be talking about abortion, el aborto. Sex and sexuality, el sexo. Race and racism, el racismo. And the fourth one is poverty, la pobreza. Now, as I list those issues, you might be saying right away, well, some of those issues sound more like Republican issues, and some of those issues sound more like Democrat issues. Parecen ser asuntos republicanos o demócratas, but I want to assure you that's not the case. These are all gospel issues. These are all issues we need to see through the lens of the gospel. Son asuntos del evangelio. These are issues that uh, we need to look at through the scriptures. And so our goal in this series is not to get political. Um, I hope in this series you will not be hearing from me political slogans or political talking points or political advertisements or political debate. No vamos a usar lemas políticos o puntos políticos the goal in this series I want to put you at ease is not to get political the goal is to get biblical okay I almost said biblicos we want to look at what God's word says because here's the thing no matter what your political leaning may be and we all have that no matter what your political preference uh, these issues that we have as Christians we need to see them through a gospel lens. We need to look through the lens of the Bible. Tenemos que ver estos asuntos por el lente del Evangelio. And so if we can see these issues as gospel issues and look at them through a gospel lens, I believe that we can draw closer to God and we can draw closer to each other in unity, the kind of unity God wants us to have. Si podemos ver esto por el lente del Evangelio, podemos tener más unidad con Dios y unos con otros. Now when I say unity, Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying uniformity. I'm not saying we're going to agree on everything. But my hope is this. No vamos a estar de acuerdo en todo. My hope is that by looking at these issues together through God's Word, we can come to agree on this. The ultimate solution to all of these issues is found in Jesus Christ. It's found in the Gospel. La solución está en el Evangelio. And so, where do we start? We need to embrace the gospel. <clears throat> we need to embrace the good news that by His death and by His resurrection, Jesus has overcome the grand canyon that was between us and God. And He can overcome the grand canyon that is between us and the people that disagree with us. Uh, Jesus, por su muerte y resurrección, superó el gran canyon uh, entre nosotros y Dios y entre los demás. So as we begin this series, I want to ask a couple things of you. First, I'm going to ask if you would pray. Por favor, Oren. Let's pray for each other, that we can truly listen and understand each other. Let's pray for our our country and our world right now. Uh, There is much prayer needed, especially as this election season Gets closer to its, its climax. Uh, and if you would, would you do me a favor and, and pray for me? <laughs> I feel like I'm way over my head on this one. Uh, but here we are. We're going to talk about these things. Oren por también. So let's pray. Let's bathe this time in prayer. The second is this. I want to ask that you would join us for gospel conversations about these issues. Tener en el That's why our elders have been working very hard to establish these groups that will be starting this week. In fact there's a, a group that will be starting right after our outdoor service on Sunday morning 10.30 a.m. right in this building and in these socially distanced groups we're going to listen to God's word and listen to each other but the hope is is to have gospel conversations, not political ones, but gospel conversations. Queremos escuchar la palabra y unos a otros en estos grupos y tener conversaciones basadas en el Evangelio. Let's listen and let's talk with a desire to build bridges, not to blow them up. Vamos a construir puentes y no destruirlos. After all, that's what Jesus has done for us. Jesus has built the bridge. He is the bridge between us and God, between us and each other. Jesús es el puente entre nosotros y Dios y unos y otros. And you know what? That's good news. Esas son buenas noticias. Please pray with me. Lord, thank you for the gospel. This is the message of life that makes all the difference. Gracias por el Evangelio y la diferencia que marca en nuestras vidas. I pray that this morning we can begin to put on the gospel as a pair of glasses so that we can see more clearly what's going on in our world and in our relationship with you. Que pongamos el Evangelio como unos lentes para ver mejor lo que pasa en este mundo y contigo. I want to pray for every single person, Lord. We all see things differently, but thank you that because of Jesus, we can see each other from a new point of view, the perspective of love. Gracias que por medio de Jesús podamos vernos con la perspectiva del amor. Lord, we invite you into this conversation and we pray teach us, teach us to have a gospel perspective. Enseñanos, Señor, a tener la perspectiva del Evangelio. In Jesus' precious name we pray. En el nombre del Señor Jesús. Amen.